Hello everybody and welcome back to Monarchs at Movies, the show where we don't talk smack about movies, we celebrate them, except for the rare occasions where we do talk smack about movies, but that wouldn't be very Christmassy of us, would it? Yes, it's been a while, but we're back to throw another log in the At Movies fire, just in time for Yule as a Christmas gift to our dear listeners. Presenting our first ever special Manga Marriage Ad Movies interview with Casper Kelly, the creator of many adult swim classics like Stroker and Hoop, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, Too Many Cooks, Final Deployment 4, and his newest special on the subject of our conversation, Adult Swim's first ever live action feature film. Adult Swim Ulog, aka The Fireplace. Ulog was a wonderful wintertime gift we didn't know we wanted when it premiered after the Rick and Morty season finale last Sunday night. It's the kind of special surprise and creative novelty that I absolutely love Adult Swim for, and why they're my favorite network, why I think they're the best network around, because no other TV network would greenlight a feature film based around a U-Log video gone horribly wrong like this and take it to such places so unexpected and so profound. But the film, you know, it is so much more than an inspired gimmick. And we go deep with Casper to ask burning questions about what sparked his imagination and lit the fire in all the themes placed in the film, and he lays down a lot of fascinating insights you don't want to log. You should watch your log before listening to this interview. We do not avoid spoilers in my questions, and one of them involves discussing the ending of the film's implications, so definitely you want to go into your log completely blind, knowing nothing about it, Watch it on Adult Swim's website or HBO Max first, then come back to listen to this interview. I think that is the best way to appreciate this interview, the best way to appreciate the film. So, please watch the film for us, and don't start a flame war with me if you don't. But, enough burning the midnight oil, let's crawl into the fireplace and chat with the man behind his Yuletime Jewel Sublime, Casper Kelly. Hi, thank you so much, uh, Casper, for uh, talking with me. I've been a huge fan of uh, many of your shows and films for a long time, including Stroker and Hoop, Your Pretty Face. So it's really an honor to get to talk to you about uh, Adult Swim Mulog. Oh, thank you so much. That's great to be here. Yeah, you know, I'm really happy to talk about all the unfriendly ghosts <laughs> that <laughs> grace the fireplace on our telly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so first I just want to start by asking, you know, how uh, you got the inspiration for the film. You know, what lit the idea? How did it uh, grow from there? Oh, well, uh, it was it was last year during the holidays. I was watching a Yulog video and I, for some reason, I just got the image. You know, I'm looking at this tight shot of a fireplace and I just got this image of legs walking across the fire slightly out of focus and hearing dialogue off screen and a, 
a story developing off screen and it, it just really inspired me. So I just, it yeah. took off from there. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of starts off with this kind of premise of like a horror twist on a U-Log video, but then it grows and evolves into something much grander, larger, amusing about like how the time period places events in our lives shape who we are as people. When did you start to like snowball into like these grander ideas and themes in the film? Oh, that makes me feel good. You saying, saying all this. Um, I guess I just knew that I wanted to do it pretty early on because I, what am I trying to say? I, you know, I'm rambling. Like I, I, I come up through adult swim where we, we do very short episodes, like 11 minute, uh, your pretty face is going to hell was 11 minute episodes. So I guess I'm used to packing in a half hour sitcom in 11 minutes. So the same thing with a movie. I just felt like, well, I have all this time. I should do more than just one thing, you know? And I, and I guess partly inspired, I was interested in doing what would a movie that sort of feels or has some DNA of too many cooks feel like and i i didn't want to do anything really with sitcoms but i wanted to do something with that feeling of escalation and adding ideas that maybe don't belong together and so forth so i'm glad you saw that no absolutely that's what i love about your work is that you really love to escalate things you pack so much into the runtime and it was a real treat to watch the film because it is like an entire season worked at television almost, like the length of a season of Your Pretty Face just dropped all at once. And it was really, really fun to watch. But I was just interested just in that fascination you have with packing just so much into your films, into your projects. Because, you know, like with Too Many Cooks and Final Deployment 4, you know, things just grow and grow. Like, why do you want to like just put so much of your ideas in there. Like, were there any ideas in this film in particular that you had to leave out? Or it was like, no, I just had all these ideas. I just want to really put everything in the kitchen sink here. I think, yes. Uh, I think I was able to put everything in there because I have such a great supportive team. And um, I don't know. I, I wonder if part of it is that in this business, there's so many projects you work on that don't get made and so on. So when you, when you get a chance to really make something, I have all the, this enthusiasm and ideas stored up. Uh, and I, I just want to do say as much, do as much as I can. Uh, that might be a factor. Maybe I'm also a little ADHD. So I just um, I'll jump around for the shiny penny, you know, a little bit of that. See, even my answer is ADD. I don't think I'm making sense. But anyway, hopefully some of that makes sense. <laughs> no, definitely. You did. And like, absolutely. I just loved just how many ideas are in your project in this film in particular. And yeah, I mean, I was especially impressed because from what I understand, like, 
the amount of time you had to make this film, like you came up with the idea last year, you had about six months to make it. You know, you made a feature film under such a compressed period of time. Uh, you only had a few days after casting the actors for them to, uh, before filming, it wasn't even a lot of time for them to rehearse. Like everything was on such a compressed time period. I was just wondering, like, you know, what, how that challenge was like, you know, trying to make a, such a big project in the same amount of time, you know, you spent on like too many cooks even. Yes. Um, it was stressful, but in a way it's good too, because you don't have time to second guess yourself. And if, if something doesn't go quite right, you've got to problem solve it right there and figure it out creatively. And it's sort of like the appeal of, um, you know, there's a lot of creative projects you probably heard of, like the 48, 48 hour film festival or something. Yeah. You make a movie in 48 hours, a short, or like there's national novel writing month where you try to write a novel in a month. And I think we're attracted to that because it sort of forces your, uh, your doubts and your editors away, your internal editor. You just don't have time. You've got to, you've got to, you know, it gives you freedom to, experiment because you you just don't have time to second guess yourself totally but it's just so impressive because the film of course starts off with like this single cam static shock and it's like a play almost and like the staging and just imagining like the actors having to rehearse like their lines and memorize that for such a long period of time just an unbroken scene that is just so impressive but also, to go from that, like, when did you come across a decision to change it from that initial setup of a single cam static shot to doing multi-cam and then having multiple different takes and shots, like, in the second half of the film? I think, I think originally we were thinking about doing it all as a tight shot um, where it's almost like a radio play and you just see yeah. little bits. But I think I was inspired probably by too many cooks, how I did the extending sitcom idea for a long time and then started doing other things. And that was so fun that I just decided to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I want to talk a little more thematically about the film and its connections to Too Many Cooks and Final Deployment 4, because I feel like all those projects have kind of this theme of exploring this feeling of having no control in our lives, feeling trapped by forces beyond our control. And like in Ulog, there's a sense, Zoe's character in particular feels like you can't change or escape the life you're born into outside of unexisting yourself as the little man in the fire tries to tempt characters into so what fascinates you about this team and exploring that in your films that's a great question uh and i'll i'm gonna name drop for a little bit is uh i got invited to a festival where i was interviewed by uh the two guys of specter vision elijah wood and daniel noah and they said that too they said you, there's a theme in your work of being trapped. And uh, it had never occurred to me. And I thought about it. I'm like, I guess that's true. So I'm not sure I could probably 
think of deep-seated reasons from childhood and middle school of feeling trapped or, you know, trapped in my uh, social position and, you know, what have you. But yeah, it's a it's a surprising thing. Of I, it wasn't conscious. Well, basically, what I'm trying to say is it wasn't conscious. I just started making stuff that I was drawn to, and then other people are pointing out these themes that I'm like, yeah, you're right. So yeah, you're observant. <laughs> no, for sure. Like I really got invested in Zoe's character as a person who also has a lot of anxiety about their life, their future. And I was really moved by her character arc and realizing, you know, she wants to live. She wants to live her happiest life, which made me all the more bummed that, you know, she didn't survive the end. Because it seemed to validate that fear that she was cursed and Alex and the other people in life died and suffered because she met her. And this feeling of a predetermined destiny informed by the events of the past and circumstances of your life. I was just curious, what made you decide on the ending that the film has and what message you wanted people to get away from the film? Well, I, I'm probably more interested in what you're saying is just music to my ears. I'm interested <laughs> in the conversation than really giving answers. Cause a lot of these questions, I don't have answers. They're questions I'm asking myself. Like, is the world getting better through technology and progress? And, you know, this, this generation, uh, Gen Z is, is kinder, I would argue than others. It seems to be getting better, but in other ways, things seem to be getting a lot worse. The environment, you know, so it's a question of, are we on an upward slope? Are we on a downwards? I don't, you know, so, um, and I just lost the thread of your question, which was, uh, oh, what am I? And, oh, and as, as far as Zoe, yes, that was one thing that Michael Aline, the head of Adult Swim, also said. He's like, you know, what if Zoe lived? And um, because I definitely don't want to say I'm not saying that she's that she's wrong. I don't know. It was just a feeling. And maybe she did live. We don't know for 100 percent. It's true. We didn't see the inside of the car. Maybe the blood yeah. is all from the log, right? Yeah, maybe it's all from uh, uh, Alex, you know. Yeah. Um, but that also think, would be a bummer yeah. because then Alex did die circumstantially. But, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, like, and your film really did spark a really fascinating conversation I had with my girlfriend. Like, I kind of bamboozled her uh, on our date a few days ago, saying, hey, do you want to watch Yolag while eating dinner? And showed her the film. And she got really into it. And she was like, this is incredible. Watchers. And when it ended, she was like, wow, okay, that was a lot. And we talked just like 15 minutes about the themes of the film, because, you know, she's also thought about, like, these ideas of time privilege a lot because, you know, as a trans woman, she thinks a lot about how right now is the most socially progressive time period for her to live as herself. But also she's a school teacher and she also has thought a lot about the fact that she lives in a time of less social mobility and economic stability than her parents. But she has more than the generation of kids she's teaching is probably going to have. And the detail about Zoe working to help preserve coral reliefs also got to her because, you know, the Great Barrier Reefs in Australia are dying out, might be gone in five years before you had a chance to see it. So, yeah, it really sparked a very interesting, like, conversation. And so I definitely want to, like, ask for, you know, your thoughts, like, what went into the film in terms of, like, exploring these ideas? Uh, that makes me very happy. That makes me very happy uh, that you're saying all this. And 
most interviews don't get into the themes. Um, I think some of those ideas just, uh, this isn't really answering your question, but, you know, this movie started not with a premise exactly like a story premise. It started with a basically a gimmick. So I had to wrestle to find a story premise that fit this idea or several. And the, the ideas you're talking about came later. I think I'd already had a draft and then these, those new ideas started to come. I was, I was in the airport and it just floated into my head and I was so happy. I'm like, ah, yes, this now, now I feel like it's getting complete. Like, this is the meat I wanted. Yeah. So I'm glad. Uh, I'm so glad that you responded to that and saw it. No, because totally. there's there an easy, I could have easily have done a, a movie where it's just them battling a flying log that I could have done that, but I didn't, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> no, I really appreciate that. There were, was a lot to chew on in the film in terms of thought-provoking things. It had a real nice dreamlike quality in terms of the escalation of things, where things led, and uh, it's really fun to sit with and think about. So, thank you for that. My pleasure. But, yeah. I guess also just to talk about broader thematic connections between your films, like Too Many Cooks, Final Deployment 4, Eula, they all involve taking comfort media, like 80 sitcoms, Let's Plays, Eulogs, and finding the horror in this false sense of security and control they provide in watching these things. So, I guess what interests you in finding horror in, like, mundane media? Um, I never thought of that. That's a really good <laughs> observation. That's a really good observation. I have not thought of it. I don't have a handy answer, but that's definitely true. Uh, I mean, you could even argue Stroker and Hoop is taking sort of the comforting. Yeah. Like cop shows. Yeah, cop shows. So, yeah. Um, or Scooby-Doo Project, you know, start with Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Uh, your pretty face is a workplace sitcom. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that, but it's a good observation. Yeah, I mean, that's what I like a lot about Adult Swim stuff is that, you know, especially the early shows is like, take a, you know, kind of a staple genre premise, like Harry Bourbon, like, you know, hey, a lawyer show, or, you know, let's play on like classic adventure serials, like Johnny Quest and Adventure Bros and stuff. And then let's find like the absurd dark <laughs> twist in there. And yeah, I, I really I like that. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of Adult Swim, too. Uh, so I love being a part of it. And with Absolutely. that, we have to wrap. Oh. That's such a great ending, Casper. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> and I'm going to send a recording after. Okay. Oh, thank you so much, oh, thank Nicole. You. And thank you, Casper. This was a wonderful conversation. So, and so. Uh, that was a yeah. great interview. I loved your questions. Uh, I will, I will hopefully, everything I do, hopefully I can do an interview with you. <laughs> no, absolutely. I'd love to talk with you again. And also really enjoyed the, your pretty face animated shorts. Like, uh, I love that show. So uh, I'd love to see more of that series. And, you know, I'm looking forward to your next project. I understand you have, you know, another film in the works. You're working on some more scripts. So really excited. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Yeah, no, thank you. Have a wonderful day. You Bye. too. So you've got trauma Go tell your mama 
got pain Go tell the rain What you have desired Go tell the fire Go tell the fire Go tell the fire Thanks so much to Casper and Adultstrom's PR team for granting us this fantastic interview opportunity and for Casper's fascinating insights into his phenomenal film. If you didn't heed my warning and didn't watch the film before listening to this interview, you've got some nerve, mister. But please, do check it out on HBO Max and Adultstrom.com if you haven't. I have watched this film four times now, and I have loved it more and more every time, and I'd love to record a proper, full-length animal discussion on the film, if time permits, over the holidays, too. In general, I'd love to resume recording releasing Animovies episodes in 2023 on a more regular basis, but we'll see what will be. Ideally, we would have been able to do this show a whole lot more this year, but alas, would that it were so. But we have plenty more podcasts and interviews in the works, so definitely follow the podcast on social media at Mongo underscore Mavericks. And subscribe to us on every podcast platform you can think of, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, etc. If you can listen to podcasts on it, we are probably on it. And you can also find us on our website, MongoMavericks.com, and our YouTube channel, YouTube says he says Mavericks. Well, You'll also be able to watch the video version of my interview with Casper too. If you enjoyed hearing us, maybe you'll enjoy watching us and seeing our faces as we talk about these questions in front of the picture of the fireplace, at least in my background on Zoom. So definitely watch it if you enjoy listening to the interview too. And yeah, if you enjoy the interview and the film and want to leave your own feedback, thoughts, and opinions on it, send them our way to our email, mongerards.gmail.com. We love getting your guys' feedback, hearing your opinions, and discussing them. And if you want to help support our podcast creations, help us continue to produce more interviews, do more stuff like this, subscribe to us at patreon.com slash where we have a variety of tier options that will grant you bonus podcasts for your support, like Early access to select podcasts or exclusive monthly bonus podcasts at our five dollar tier. Every dollar helps pay for our hosting and operating costs, and we really appreciate your patronage and support in helping us do what we do. And if you're interested in following me specifically, you can find me online as Lomo Miyasha, wherever I'm at, via Twitter at Mission Revelation, Animus Letterbox, or what have you. Wherever I am, you can find me there by that name. You can also read more of my reviews and interviews on MongoArts.com, and also find the URC Outsider Focus podcast I do, Lung Squad, where we discuss the wonderful wacky world of Mubitakashi's classic sci-fi rom-com, comedy classic. We're having a lot of fun discussing the manga movies and the new currently airing anime, and it's such a great time to be a URC Outsider fan, and we have so much planned for the next year. So find us online at Lemonisco Squad and on every podcast platform we can think of as well. And we also cross-post our episodes in the Monarchs feed and Patreon. And if you like the art I make, the thumbnails I drive for our podcast, the animations and illustrations I make in general, you can find more of that stuff on my Instagram, at Artworks. But that does it for this special episode of Monarchs at Movies. And here's open. we'll see you again at another time and another place. And scene.